I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. Welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that tries to find the hint of homoeroticism at the Victorian orgy. I'm Paul Sold. I'm Paul Goodman, and my portrait's getting younger. No! Oh no, it's getting younger! Yeah, it's haunting. Um, well then, we are back right, right heading on in to, um... Fist deep. Fist eyeball deep in <laughs> recommendations month, by which I mean we're about to start it. Uh, today's recommendation comes from Jen Blundell. Excellent translator and belly dance extraordinaire. Want to listen to her podcast? Well, she doesn't have one. Uh, so please feel free to take to Twitter and offer her some suggestions, like... Uh, a, po- a podcast about how to um, start a circus and then run away with it into the sky. Ooh, that's pretty good. Mm. A lot of aviation-related problems that you've got there. <laughs> well, what do we know about Jen? We know that likes travel, mm-hmm. speaks many languages. Many languages. Belly dancing. And also, she's basically your honest-to-goodness northern lass. Mm. So here's my suggestion. How about a travel cast in which she recreates the travels of 16th century explorer Antonio de Andrade? I was teaching, just thinking that. Teaching the people of India and Tibet the fine art of proper hot pot. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. How many episodes? As One. many as that one. <laughs> one massive it. episode. She got it first time. It just went down really well. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's a, she's a very talented uh, woman. So She is, and yeah. everyone was just waiting for this, it seems. Today, she has recommended Dorian Gray, Oliver Parker's 2009 adaptation of Oscar Wilde's gothic novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the novel is about a young man exploring morality and hedonism and its effect on on the soul. Uh, and it's also about art and beauty and what it means and what it costs. Uh, the film is about a guy with a gross painting. Ooh. Um, I think somewhere in Oliver Parker's house, there is a portrait of the DVD cover to this film <laughs> with really great reviews all over it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the actual critics were not as kind IRL. Simon Weaving, over at ScreenWise... Not that guy. Oh, I know. Says, if it was Oscar Wilde who said that experience is the name that everyone gives to their mistakes... Then this Dorian Gray is quite an experience. Hmm. Wrote that in a silk-lined bathtub filled with the tears of exquisite boys. Meanwhile, a public reaction was similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uber Thurbs hmm. over at uh, IMDb said this disaster could have been avoided if the director had a sassy gay friend or at least a copy of the damn book. One oh. is equivalent to the other. <laughs> Having a copy of Dorian Gray in your house is very much like having a sassy gay friend. <laughs> Paul, you pigeon-livered mutton shunter. Well, hello there. Hi. What was something about this movie that made it better than the pox? All of that straight love. Oh, God, the straight lovin's in this the movie. The man-on-woman, hot, steamy action. I mean, Oscar Wilde was a famous shagger. Mm. And he wrote movies as such. A dilettant. Oh, God, yeah. All mm. about you know, just getting those chicks. Oh, yeah. Getting them down and dirty. He's your, your olden day Robert Carlyle. 
most unsettling womanizer. <laughs> Why did you? Oh, oh God! I had to sleep with Robbie. He was just so creepy. <laughs> <and unnerving. laughs> really got me hot under the oh. collar. And then uh, Charles Bukowski read the Oscar Wilde, didn't he? He went, "Oh, I found my style." <laughs> I know. And it all it all came from there. Yeah. Um. Wow. What happens in this movie about just sex? God. Pure, uncut, organic, free range, buy one get one free sex. A murder. What? It begins with a fucking murder. Oh, I know. Whoa. Sex murder? Is sexy? Blood does ejaculate. Oh yeah. Onto his onto his uh fine rough rough onto his Victorian era shirt. Um but hang on, hold your horses. I know you were on the edge of that seat again, that well-worn OGT seat that you've oh, got Christ. over there. That was a year in the future. From from when? From the beginning of the film pool. But this, what? I, <laughs> Ooh, why? God. Why are you doing this to me, Oliver Parker? <laughs> um, this was one of those, one of those cool. This is what to expect in the future. Oh, bits. fuck yeah. This is what this story's really about. Might look like a bit of a Victorian dandy, but no, yeah. there's going to be murder and spurt yeah. later on. So then it cuts to it cuts to a year earlier. Yes. So you're really excited now because you're like, ah, oh, if there's going to be a murder in this film, I better stick <laughs> around and watch it. So so he's he's at um he's at what could be King's Cross Station. Yes. Or could just as easily be Farringdon, apparently. Yes. Stations are just... It's a big old... It's a big one. It's yeah. a big station and a... A young a, man. A, a whelp of a man. A whelp. A yeah. sapling. Yeah. Um, and also Dorian. a whelk of a man. Yeah. In terms of his, like, weird crusty shell. And an elk. <laughs> and an oak of a man. Um, in many different ways. Very nuanced. Um, he, he, he's, he's at a, he's at this, uh, London station. He's just, he's come back after, he's come back after some time away, um, from his yep. abusive father. Oh, yeah. And, and mother. Come back to London and, uh, he's reintegrating himself into high society. In that way, playing the piano in public. Yeah, such. playing the piano in public. So people take notice of him and go, what a beautiful guy. For to orphans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, that, for, for to orphans. That's how you know, <laughs> that's how you know he's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, he's so pure. He, he he really he really was, and you know mm. he's very he's very he was very fey, wasn't he? And um, mm. very naive and um, gawky. Yeah, and he's he's soon befriended by uh, Basil. Basil, the painter. Yes, absolutely. Um, Basil draws his sketch and yes. soon becomes inspired by him. Um, mm. Dorian becomes his muse. Yeah. During one of these sittings, mm. uh, Basil is drawing um, Dorian. Um, and Dorian insists on going to a party held by a nearby socialite. A party? A party! England? I know, that's preposterous. Ooh. But, um, he insists, okay. uh, in spite of Basil's, um, objections, I guess? He never objected to much very seriously. No, he, he does it in, in kind of a, in a, in a, in a, in a foppish sort of, oh, but I love you, oh, kind of way. Yeah, you got that impression from, a look that happens once. Yeah. Early on. Well done to Basil. Yeah. Yes. Very nuanced. Mm. Um, they then go to t- party. Yeah. Um, where they meet t- Colin Farrell. Yes. Firth. Fucking hell, I'm going to do that <laughs> all the time. And it goes fucking mental he from meets there. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell leaves to be in a better film. <laughs> and Colin Firth is left behind saying, well, I didn't think much of that chap. <laughs> also awful ruffi- ruffian. <laughs> I've never did like the Irish. <laughs> And, and, and so. This is Colin Firth's, um, Lord Henry. 
or Harry as he calls him. Yes, he he comes in and he's immediately witty in that biting mm. Oscar Wilde way. Oh god! And immediately yeah. wins Dorian over, mm. um, o- over whom he immediately wins. I think is the proper way to say that. Yes, prepositions. Yeah, yes, of course we are in Victorian England after all. Watch yourself, sir. And uh, terribly sorry, I shall duel myself. To <laughs> your fucking ex- existence. I'm gonna declare my declare a duel upon myself. Ow! How about you? Me? Mm, well, well met, sir. Thank you. He immediately wins him over with his um, with biting, his, with his wit, yeah, his biting, cutting, smashing. Yeah, and it is very good. It is wild esque. Wit. It m- might have been taken from the book. Uh, I I can't remember specific insults. No, it's been so it, much of the book is extravagantly written. Yeah, I think they're what you they are what you would call barbs. I pictured some freckled country oaf in ghastly dress. I see. I was only half right. It could be worse. Gladys Allenby's been dressed for her 14th birthday ever since her 40th. And if Radley spent a little less time in church and a little more at his tailors, he might not so resemble a badly bound hymn book. Um, yeah, there's some fun lines early yeah. on. Yes, um, he takes him under his wing, mm. and um, his wing is a very grimy, Yeah, it's a grimy kind of wing. Um, Henry is what you would call a hedonist. Yes. Um, he believes in maximising pleasure. He believes in experience. He yes. believes that life should be seen as a series of experiences that sort of advance character, and that that is the way to enjoy life. Yes. Um, and that he pulls um, him in that direction, Dorian Gray in that direction. Dorian, meanwhile, has had a very beautiful picture painted of him by Basil. Basil. Basil has drawn a very nice picture of him. Mm. <laughs> drawn. <laughs> Doodled a really lovely... He did a very nice... It's a very nice painting. Very nice caricature. He's on roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> um, very nice painting, which, you know, sort of looks lifelike. Uh, Basil has poured a tremendous amount of his emotion into this picture. He's really put a lot of himself in there and possibly maybe even revealed his affections for the young Dorian in the picture, which could put him in a very tricky situation if anyone observed it. So that he did the sensible thing and displayed it for everyone to see. Yes. That's he, that he did. The lounge of Dorian Gray's house, which they invite all their friends to come and see. Yes, so he displays this this, yes. this portrait in 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 the lounge in the withdrawing room for uh, for everybody <laughs> to see. Yes, and everybody immediately realizes that Dorian Gray is the most beautiful fucking yeah. jewel this side <laughs> of Christendom. Yes. And every, every everybody suddenly goes, "Oh, you're very interesting, Dorian." Oh, I didn't. You know how interesting you are. <laughs> they, then they turn to the camera and they go, "He's very interesting." <laughs> he says, "No, I, I actually didn't." Well, you didn't know how interesting you were. Isn't uh, that in and of itself <laughs> interesting? You take such interest in everyone you meet. Not everyone I meet is so interesting. Fuck me, he's interesting. And then fucking hell. And then he then he looks upon the picture. Or maybe he looks upon the pictures slightly before that, and yeah, he turns. He suddenly goes, "My God, I am fucking divine." Yeah, and it, it, that's that's the, the the beginning of the end. Yeah, he's all downhill from there. Yes, um, he goes out on a wander. Yes, and he encounters the poster of a young actress. Yes, called Sybil Vane. Vane. Yes, Sybil Vane. Oh, he uh, says that he'll barter his soul. Oh yeah, also. Yeah. He says he'll barter his soul to remain as beautiful as the picture. As yes. beautiful and interesting as the picture is. Yes. Uh, he encounters Sybil Vane. He goes and sees her play. Uh, he goes back Sounds like a, uh, a Batman love interest, Sybil Vane. <laughs> Sybil Vane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she does. Yeah. Unfortunately, she's in Dorian Gray. Well, no, not unfortunately. She's in a, the best, one of the most important works of literature of the Victorian era. Yes. Um, but also, unfortunately, she <laughs> happens to be in this movie. One of the most important works of literature <laughs> of the June 7th, 2009. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's 
uh, she, uh, he su- he seduces her. Yes, because he's very interesting. In God, he's interesting. Um, we get a few like moments with her um, and them. Yes, and they're so they're really so. I mean, they time. are so, aren't they? They're I mean, we've we've so. we've spoken about so before, but but this, this is, is a whole so. new level of so. Um, they have sex, and then he ma- he proposes to her, and it's yes. all great. Um, however. The ideas of Lord Henry are seeping into his old cranium. Mm-hmm. The idea that actually he's a bit too young to be getting all married and having kids and lark. Yeah, he's got to he, sow his wild oats, hasn't he? He's got to sow his wild oats and he's got to have sex with most of the women in London. Yes. Uh, women. 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 Let's be clear. Guys, let's be clear here. We don't want to lead anyone up the garden path. Yeah, and give anyone the, the, the crazy idea that um, 200 years on it's okay to be gay. No, no, no. no. We're not there yet. No. No. So yes, in order to instill this uh, this attitude, oh yes, of on on the, the gullible, innocent Dorian Gray, yeah, he takes him to shall we call it an a opium den? Yeah, well, I guess it's generously called an opium <laughs> den. It wouldn't cut mustard in any decent sort of Victorian I, movie. I, I I would say it's it's. It's the sort of posh wanker cocktail bar opium den. I would call it an opium... It's not a den. There's no den qualities to this. It's an opium conservatory. Mm, yes. <laughs> but, um, but they might they might, they might have called it a den and thought themselves very witty. Ugh. It really is rather a, a, quite a den. Come into my shack. <laughs> yeah. I'm John and, Travolta. Um... <laughs> I'm in this film. <laughs> I wish I was. And oh, man. So, yeah, um, yeah and so they go into an opium den and um, then sex. they sleep with prostitutes. Yep. And he realises that... It's pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> and he was, he was very happy to then continue in this relationship with Sybil, but she wanted kids. And that would affect his whoring. Yes. So... He, which is also naive, I, I feel. Oh. Plenty, plenty of great man <laughs> has gone on to whore a plenty, despite having several children. Including Lord Henry. Yes. Yeah. His wife gets pregnant about two acts in, but... Yeah. Um, and Dorian Gray, having spurned Sybil... Yes. ...returns to the house to find a, a single tear on the eye of his painting. Yes. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. Then she kills herself. Yes, then she kills herself. Um, and feeling terrible, Lord Henry consoles him, telling him to consider this as an experience. Yes. As opposed to, like, something bad that's genuinely happened to him. It's just part of his character. You know, if this was the novel of your life, this would be a cool incident. Yeah. Yes, so he did that, and then to further console himself, he slept with more ladies. More ladies in many different settings. He slept with a daughter. He slept with a mother. He slept (laughs) with a brother. It's my new song. Yeah, it's pretty good. My new conceptual album. <laughs> new conceptual rap Dorian album. Dorian Gray shags the family. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, Sybil's brother James shows up in order to get bloody revenge and then just leaves. Yes. Uh, having stuffed him up a bit. He's, 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 no, he's caught mid-strangling uh, him and that's he's true. then taken to a mental hospital. Oh, that's good. That's yes. reassuring. Um, and it's at this stage that Dorian is noticing that any ill effects that happen to him, any beatings or sadness or lines on his face or any weariness, yes. is not being manifest upon his beautiful face. No. But it's instead... Nicholas Holt, he would have been good. Ooh. Instead, yeah. Instead, this is being manifest upon the painting. Hmm. The painting of Dorian Gray. Nicholas Holt would have been good in this. Yeah, he would have been. Um, Damn. So, yes. So then that has happened. Mm. Now. My memory gets fuzzy around here. Scene missing. Scene missing. Basil. Yes. Accosts him. Yes. Wanting to display the picture that he painted. 
because at some point, having realized this, uh, Dorian moved the picture from the hall to um, his uh, his secret tower that he has, where he used to get beaten. Yes. You know, the beating tower. The beating tower. Well, that sounds like something else, but it's not that. It's um, <laughs> the place where you go to get abused as a child. We all have that room in the house. <laughs> in the Victorian days, there was that room. We called it... <laughs> the garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Good stuff. Uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> so he hides the portrait in the garden when nobody will see it. Um, he puts, yeah, he hides it away. Basil really wants it because it's his best picture. Yeah, and he wants to display it. So yeah. he, um, after a, a an intimate scene in which Dorian tries to distract ba- uh, Basil by mm. um, giving a bit of loving, yep. um, it doesn't work. He comes back and he wants to see the picture. And so he says, I'll show you the picture. Yes. And shows in the picture. And he's like, no! Dorian's like, yeah. Did tell you. Yeah, did tell you it was rough. Um, during the no, um, Dorian Gray just stabs him up. Yeah. In the neck with in a bit neck. of mirror. With a bit of mirror that he had mm. um, from earlier. Mm. Yeah, so he stabs him up and buries him in the lake. <laughs> buries? <laughs> yeah, he gets a spade. <laughs> gets a spade. <laughs> he buries him in the lake. This is taking ages, he said. <laughs> um, they, it's his Basil's funeral and then um, Dorian Gray feels a little bit bad. Yeah. So he decides to go and uh, have the most bacchanalian of all gap years. <laughs> he he just go he goes off. Yeah. And um, what an exciting time he has! He goes he goes to all these different countries. Yeah. And uh, sleeps with all these different kinds of women. Yes. All of which we see through the magic of words in letters that he writes to Henry. Yeah. We don't actually get to. Yeah. No. It's just suddenly it's. 26 years later something like that something like that he comes back now everybody no one seems to be that curious everyone's like oh wow you look wonderful mm. he hasn't aged a single day in 26 years people should have burnt him as a witch yes immediately yeah it's it's a little eyebrow raising that he hasn't aged a day in a quarter of a century yes oh you haven't met mr gray he doesn't mm. age at all watch <laughs> <laughs> henry now has a daughter Yes. Who he, he like in the of, novel? Yes. Why not? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah the, he, the, the film's based on. Well, luckily, I mean, in the novel, he doesn't really have a redemptive feature. Like, he doesn't have anything that's going to make him. I mean, he's constantly sympathetic just because he's constantly anxious about the things that he's doing, but un- unsure about how to go forward. But ah, uh, that's, that's, that's like bollocks. What you need is someone for him to fall in love with. A girl. Yeah, something for him to fall in love with. And make like a good man out of him, and then he can be conflicted. I saw that in a Bond movie once, so it's yes, okay. Yes, that was very good. Um, James shows up to try and kill him, and then dies. Um, mm-hmm. Are we nearly there? He, he just he eventually yes. ends up in the place with Lord Henry, who's very angry that he's going to run off with his daughter when he considers yep. him to be a bit of a wrongen. All sorts of bad rumors are following him. They end up in a room with the painting, having a fight, having a fight. Uh, a fire is set. The, f- the painting is burnt up. Hmm. Um, Dorian Gray sends away Rebecca Hall and um, Colin Firth. Yes. They go off together. The fire, the, the painting burns up. He weirdly, during the fire, starts to stab at the painting with a sword, which turns him into an old man. Um, And then he dies. And then later on, Colin Firth is at his house and he goes into the attic and it's revealed that the painting survived somehow. Yes. 
looking uh looking young again yeah that's the movie yeah now then mhm now now of course you're uh you you you've uh, you've come into this uh this this viewing with a bit of a handicap in that you've read the book that was a handicap of mine yes um i did indeed read the book prior to this viewing mm. i really enjoyed it um and it's sort of subtlety yes um, and it's sort of restrained, constant, definitely written by someone who's homosexual and is resenting having to hide it. <laughs> like every sentence just screams it. Just, I want to be who I am! Yes. In every part of this book. Um, something that was somewhat left out of the film. <laughs> the novel contains an awful lot about the philosophy of art. Yeah. And it's a tricky old novel to get your, your mind around. It's, um, there's a lot of very conflicting ideas presented only to be immediately contradicted in a very sort of, in a really sort of genuinely clever kind of way, in the way that only really intelligent people can do in terms of offering an opinion on the world and also subverting it, mm. because they know that no model is really adequate to explain the entire world. And so the idea that art should exist for itself, a pure aesthetic approach, which is what um, Oscar Wilde sort of inherited from Immanuel Kant, um, mm. he knew it was an unsatisfactory way of justifying debauchery um and you know revealed as much in the book now that's kind of the point of the book yes what is the point of the film the 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 main thrust mm. way well, hey. i know God. sorry everyone uh, the the main thing that i that i got from it was more of an all men all men are mortal sort of right. vein in which he is is um intoxicated by his newfound immortality uh-huh and you know he go- he goes off and it is constant highs right there's no there's, there's no, no break. recovery period no. yeah he finally becomes jaded with this becomes starts to self-loathe um okay. and, and and wants to wants to do good so it's it seems to me to be getting more into the into into the idea that immortality ain't all it's cracked up to be okay yeah in the novel there is this idea that um Beauty comes at a cost, a yes. terrible cost. Um, and in this, it's more the idea that um, experience comes at a cost. And if you're not paying that cost, then you're not really gaining the experience because he's not gaining any suffering yes, or any ways of dealing with that suffering. And so he becomes bored. To what extent is that message successfully articulated? Um, I mean, there, there, are, there are bits of boredom. Okay. He's definitely... On our behalf. <laughs> yes. Within, within, <laughs> um, within the telly. Yeah, on which we watched the film. Yeah, he 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 tires of things very quickly. He does. Um, there there's one wonderful scene in which he sleeps with the daughter. The mum comes in. He seduces her. <laughs> and she so, go, she goes away. The daughter's hiding under the bed, and he he pe- people are his playthings. Yeah, he's like he, a, he just says to her, "Where were we?" Yes. and that was one of my favourite scenes actually because it vaguely hinted at the sort of saucy farce mm. that the the novel kind of is. Yes, here's something that was lacking from the film. Camp. The novel is very camp. It's very sort of kind of remo- um, self-aware and a, a little silly and a little farcical and knowing at all times and sort of mm. winking at itself. And it's it, that that really goes in its favour. Um, this was very straight-faced. I mean, the, the potentious music, the sort of da 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 da. I mean, the the, the music was bizarre. Bizarre. It was it was a bizarre. Um, there was the occasional thing you might um, you know associate with a period piece, mm. and then some of the music kind of Guy Richard 
its way through a oh, period that's piece. An interesting thing. Maybe which, they were Guy Ritchieing this. Which which sometimes sometimes works. I mean, the Hans, Hans Zimmer tra- soundtracks for the, the Sherlock Holmes films are just oh, that's the perfect that. example of how you achieve something like that. Yeah, just incredible. And this it had hints of that, it had whiffs mm. of it, but then it would go to like you like you said when we were watching it, Blade. Yeah, it, yeah, it, 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 felt, it would be like yeah. listening to the Crystal Method. <laughs> and like I said with Colin, with Colin Firth, Lord yeah. Henry, you know, he comes in and he's got. He's got that the dialogue which must have been lifted from the book. Yeah. Very you know, very, very witty, very cynical and and, yeah. and stuff like that, but it's not there in any of the other no. characters is the thing. It is surprising because the director Oliver Parker has brought Oscar Wilde to the screen twice before, adapting uh plays, an ideal husband and um the importance of being earnest. Ah. Very well. Um so it's surprising here that the tone is so incongruous. Yeah. Well, then, do we need to we need to look at the constituent parts and? Yeah. So, how about our lead? How about him? How about that Ben Barnes, who you might know from uh, Chronicles of Narnia and um and Stardust. Ah, yes. Yep, yep. Um, he's a uh, an actor from children's movies. Hmm. How's he doing playing the shagger that Oscar Wilde <laughs> wrote? Well, he's, he's sort of swinging and 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 connecting with like the accuracy of a guy with one eye. He's just. <laughs> He's like occasionally gets it, hmm. but if, if we're going into the the detachment and yeah. the the, it's it's something that he conveys really well, I think. And when it, especially when he comes back and he's this changed man, the, yeah. the like the the smarmy look, yeah, and um, excuse me, a, a fairly conceited look about him, yeah, where he, you know, he, and he holds himself and 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 stares at people or just stares past them in yeah. such a way that is, you know, it, it conveys that he knows that he's better than these people yeah for whatever we you know for whatever reason it's just that every other emotion yeah i mean <laughs> i think there's so many parts to this mm. first of all you have frail for some reason they portray him as like a frail victim early on um yes really the the film should start really with him just very handsome very beautiful mm terribly naive mm. just awfully you know int- up for adventure but no real idea of what the, how the world works or what, how it should go yeah then you need to move into excitable youth being shown the, the the joys of the world and it's like ooh, this is all new and exciting i'm gonna go get some of this and it's gonna be fun um translated into a guy who's picking up skills if you know what i mean sort of Mm. you know skills do i yeah <laughs> so he's you know he's gonna be a charmer he's gonna be yeah. charismatic mm. we're gonna get why high society wants this guy around you know someone where it's like oh, i want to spend time with him yes and then he's gonna go away get bored and come back cynical people still want to be around him because he is still intra- attractive yes and he still has the hints of that charm but he's um losing interest and you've mm. got to have that cynicism start to sink in that's a trans. That's quite a character that, that that's been written there. There's a lot to get on with there. Yeah, I do, I, I, the last part of that transformation, I agree, works pretty well. The rest, it, it, the 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 times when it's best conveyed is when he's he's the dialogue is Wildian. Yeah, is 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 when something is is, is when Rebecca Hall is saying to him, mm. people say that behind um behind the charm, mm. you're completely heartless, mm. and he says people call me charming. And then li- little little things yeah. like that that are very they're very quick and they're like they're quite nice in in the in the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as we alluded to, 
or sort of just said earlier, when everybody is is saying, "Oh, you're very attractive and very interesting," yeah, that's all we that's all we have. It's classical show don't tell. Yeah, it's you know, it's, it's just... that's it's the only reason that we know that he's supposed to be interesting is because people keep telling him. Yeah, and for me that just plays into a wider. Um, issue. issue I had with the, the the direction of the film. There was some really obnoxious, almost early naughty style. Like, there was mm. some glitter decisions mm-hmm. in this, of sort of flash cuts and sped up footage, and yeah. just really over-directed. It's very obnoxious sometimes. There were some extremely obtuse angles. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, do you know what I'd call them, Paul? What? Dutch angles. Ah. Oh. There were several Dutch angles. After that Dutch guy we know has got one leg shorter he- than the other. Exactly. And the camera was always moving. Always. Apart from one or two memorable shots. The moments that worked. And weirdly, those moments often were unaccompanied by the obnoxious score as well. Yes. But there were shots like of just showing a character sort of in a situation. Yeah. There's a storm swept um, Colin Firth appearance on a balcony, mm. which is really quite interesting. And the camera is just locked. And you can see a man sort of torn about by his internal emotions whilst remaining very still. It's very... It was a great shot. shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but most of the shots, yeah. the camera is panning at all times. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like they couldn't find the brake for the wheels or something. Yeah. It was always moving. There was, whenever we got a, a skyline of grimy Victorian London, <laughs> it was over in an instant before you could yeah. get a sense of where we were. The, 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 the whole film, it just felt like a feature length montage. Yeah. Um, whenever you got a, a, a scene of some import, it would be over before you could properly process um, yeah. yeah like process what what happened and it would cut or, or or when we were going through his hedonistic phase in yeah. in london you'd only you'd only get snippets of it and then it would move on to another scene so you yeah. didn't ever get a chance to like relish it or revel in it and and for a story that didn't have that much yeah. to stretch thinly over its two-hour runtime no, it's only a 200 page novel yeah it's, um, it, 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 it brisk it, yeah it didn't need to move at that pace it could have mm. It could have reveled in, it could have wallowed in it like a pig yeah. in shit. And it just, <laughs> and it didn't, it, 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 it kind of hopped yeah. about in it like a man in shit. <laughs> very, terrified. very effet man. Yeah. He suddenly Effete found himself. man who's sort of in a field of shit. In a ditch full of shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and some of the, some of the additions, which I feel like were to try and make it sort of poppier and more for, more for the kids. Um, decisions to add like jump scares, really mm. fucking weird ones. Like every so often, the painting would just snarl. Yes, I mean the painting is a fabulous, horrifying um concept if it's still, if it's a still mounted thing. Yeah, and it's just there, and you never see it move. But every time mm. you look at it, it's different. It's lifeless. Yeah, but 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 aware like the obelisk yeah i actually i just remembered something about the ending to the novel the the novel ends with um dorian gray going and stabbing the picture in frustration at his mm. um his sort of um guilt um and then you hear a scream and a servant rushes up to the um to the room where he's done it and finds a terrible terrifying looking old man yes on the floor and the picture is once again beautiful and it's creepy as fuck. I just remembered what encouraged him to do it. He goes, he decides to himself, I'm going to make amends. Hmm. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to be a good person. And he goes up and sees the picture is still hideous and has grown worse, revealing his intention to reform himself as just another act of vanity. So his internal, yeah, his internal 
like decision to better himself is exposed yeah. by this painting as just another facade, another layer of his ugliness. That's so fucking great. Oscar Wilde was really good, wasn't he? <laughs> he was good at author. <laughs> he was very good at author. The game by <laughs> Activision. <laughs> um, and it's, it's kind of been happening for a while. The film, the book is considered as a gothic horror as opposed to mm. a psychological novel. And when I was first told the concept by an English teacher, my first instinct was, I wonder what the painting looked like. Mm. Like, we're told, oh, it's all of his sins, all of his malice is on the painting. It's like, yes. oh, I wonder what it looks like. Like, in a really exploitation kind of way. Yeah. And this was this was that. This was like, there's a scene where a maggot falls out of the eye. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what vice is being portrayed by having maggots falling out of the painting? Yeah, and it was so overt at times, the, the, the way that was conveyed, that I thought, yeah. oh, are they going to play this as him hallucinating? Yeah. Because it was just so... Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, and I, and I thought, oh, may, maybe, and I wasn't sure about that, but no, it was just um actual maggots coming out of the painting, and you had the character in it moving and growling, you know, like like a like a like a loft boy, <laughs> like a loft boy. You could hear the painting in various yeah. scenes when you couldn't see it, gurgling like a, <laughs> like a aborted experiment baby, and it was like, yeah, just it was it was it was a monster in its own right, not yeah. and, and and you know shit taking that mantle from dorian gray himself yes maybe was the point in the book i mean in the book the idea was that he was more a piece of art than the painting was Mm. the painting had more humanity than he did Mm. here the painting's a monster that's um haunting him you know like the 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 shitty little um MacGuffin in a in a horror film you know the haunted chest or the creepy mirror so that was a bit of a miss that was a miss they missed Um, the intention there like i think the aesthetic is pretty good mm. the 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 the, the, st- the stylist yeah did a sterling job sure there's really good production design yeah here. really some good. of the costumes yeah costu- costumes are great i yeah. mean he looks dapper as fuck yeah he does really really does got it down colin firth looks great yeah he does. i think he looks he looks like a, a real rake an aging rake at times and it just makes him sort of di- yeah. very diabolical he's a very sinister like selfish guy yeah and then when he realizes that this is sort of gotten out of his control mm. he becomes very bitter about it dorian's character arc is interesting i think it's an interesting attempt by the screenwriter to update the story mm. and do something different with it rather than just adapt the book um yes. and kudos for that As- i don't know if it completely works yeah, and I mean, if you're going to do that, why not just make all men immortal? <laughs> which was which did that yeah. story perfectly. Mm. Um, it's an incredible novel. Mm. Um, do that. Yeah. If, if you're going to if you're going to do Dory, the picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah. Do it with all the trimmings. Yeah. There's an interesting thing early on in the novel. Um, Oliver says that the reason he doesn't want to display his portrait of Dorian Gray is because um. He put too much of himself in it. He mm. went too far. He put too much in. His soul is in this painting now. And he can't... And um, Henry says something to him like, What are you talking about? It's clearly a picture of Dorian Gray. You flatter yourself if you think that you've done put too much of yourself into this picture of this yeah. Adonis. Um, in a very cussing and sort of obsessing yeah. way. <laughs> um, and he says, No, no, no. Any painting shows more of its author than of its subject. And it's like... Oh, there you go. Yeah, does it feel like there's that kind of heart and soul in this? Like someone has put themselves in this movie? No. <laughs> uh, I mean, no. I, uh, maybe, maybe if it were an original screenplay, 
Yeah. Or something, but knowing that, knowing what it was. Yeah. That it was a work of Oscar Wilde and it came, you know, from a place of deep pain or conflict or whatever of, you know, that caused him to write the book. Yeah. For it to be, to become this, I can't, I can't quite. It feels, it feels like they tried to make it palatable. More than anything else, rather than yes, like, by like horrifying it, <laughs> yeah, by massacring it, absolutely. Yeah. But try to take the edge off yeah. and make it more manageable for a teenage audience, because yeah. at this time it was the time of sort of Twilight yeah. and the like. And I think maybe people thought, oh, a sexual male figure who has something supernatural about him. Yeah. Let's make a a movie about it with lots of sex bah! Bah! and jump scares. Jump scare. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Mortal um, Kombat. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, th- I think that was that was it. It was changing changing the source material, mm. which you know, if you if you're going to do an adaptation, there are two ways to do it. You either do the the loyal mm. every page crammed into a film, yeah, or or you change it and you make it your own baby. And in, and in mm. my experience, the films that yeah take the source and make it something new new a la Fight Club. Yeah, absolutely. Get the best out of it. What could someone get out of watching this? There are there are arresting moments. There are. Colin Firth's performance is excellent. Yeah, that's a very good thing. Um, I mean the the the, the visuals of of London, it, and it and it did have that that message of of a life spent chasing. Yeah, it was, I guess it was a life pleasures. chasing perfection, or like spent yeah. in perfection. And, well, the and, idea and, that perfection could be sought through, sort of eschewing. I mean, the thing is that the, the the worst thing that could have happened is this would become like a... If it was anything other than radical or mm. supporting the idea of living your life extravagantly, yeah. then it would be a travesty. Um, ultimately, it's the, does the film become a bit conservative in saying, oh, maybe he shouldn't have gone in for all the debauchery. He should have married that nice girl, had some kids. I don't think so. No, I don't... Because that was presented as a fairly dull option. I, do, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's where it was... It was going so for all of its its flaws, it didn't it didn't like back down from mm. anything like that. I cut you know it cut Dorian Gray as a fairly tragic yeah. figure come come the end who had done all of that, but it wasn't it wasn't so much of a like oh he made the wrong choice and he should have mm. he should have been nicer to to that woman. It was more of see how easily corrupted his man I think yeah. um and give a man give a man a high mm. and he'll eat for a day. Give him a lifetime of highs and he'll become a jaded asshole. <laughs> As the saying goes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and there's a, there's a sort of very strong, like, existential point there. Yeah. And I can appreciate that. It was just, um, it just, mm. just missed a few steps. And uh, yeah, I think tried to make itself a little too broad. Yeah. That's the thing. And I think that was to its detriment. Mm. Um, do you think Adam Driver could do a good British accent? Worth a go. He'd be a fucking good Oscar Wilde if they ever made another film. Mm. Should we quick fire? Let's quick fire. Let's quick fire. So there's a bit of, a bit of foreboding and a bit of business around the mirror. Early on, he's in the attic and he sees mm. the mirror is cracked and he's looking in it and as he moves around, his face becomes distorted in the cracks of the mirror and it sort of forebodes the hideous visage that he will be confronted with mm. later on. That was quite cool. Cool. Speaking of mirrors, mm. speaking of that mirror. Speaking of that particular mirror. Um, there is uh, when Basil confronts him and um, he's, you know, he promised that he wasn't going to overreact and he overreacted mm. um there's a shot of him a shot of uh, i was gonna say oscar a shot of dorian looking in the mirror <laughs> and then it cuts 
Cursed Basil cuts back to Dorian mm. and a shard from the mirror is missing. And then the the next shot is him stabbing him with the, the shard in the mirror. It was quite a cool little thing. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so Sybil's death is hinted at at various points. And I think one of the most provocative was when um, we see her in front of the lake a lake, a fast-moving lake with her long red hair and beautiful greenery everywhere, and it really reminded me of the painting Ophelia by John Everett Millay. Hmm. Um, it just, yeah, it really looked a lot like it, and I found that to be quite neat foreboding to her ah. eventual drowning only a few scenes later. Oh, cool. I have a bit of dialogue for you that uh, I would also say is like an oil painting in its own in its own right. <laughs> dialogue in an Oscar Wilde movie. I know, I know. Ooh, you go on. Um, they are in a um, they are in a pub and a lady of the night comes in and she says how say you and the young man stuff me double (laughs) charming and that is foul that is yeah that's Um, wonderfully foul um i rebecca hall's first scene in the movie where mm. she accosts dorian and her father for Mm. conspiring in the next room she really fucking livens up the movie at that stage yeah she brings so much energy and sort of humanity to it that it's just like oh an actress immediately post opium den yeah. Um, when uh, he and Lord Henry go to meet uh, Sybil, um, just before he deserts her. Yeah. Um, they're toasting their they're toasting their wedding or their imminent wedding, and also the fact that Lord Henry is about to have a, a, a child. Mm. And as Lord Henry and Sybil are talking, um, Dorian has been in the background ignoring them, pouring drinks. He comes in, and when they t- they he hands out the drinks mid conversation, he just announces down in one. And it kind of, it very, yeah, really nicely got across his detachment early on in the film. Because it was just so obnoxious and abrasive. And he necks this, this whiskey or whatever, this brandy, whilst the other two sip and look kind of awkward. Lovely. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a really dramatic ending to this film in which Rebecca Hall goes to find Dorian Gray's secret. And Dorian Gray is confronted with the final choice of whether to share with her the horror of who he really is mm. or to just snuff her out of existence. It's very much like the ending to The Talented Mr. Ripley. He's faced with this choice mm. of preserving the lie is going to mean killing someone he loves. And he dis- he takes that choice and he forces her against the wall and he chokes the life out of her. With a forearm. With a forearm and, against a wall. Until it's, a windpipe is crushed. Yeah, it's fucking really terrifying yeah and from the room you can just hear the painting howling because well whatever the fuck yeah um for the teens for the teens uh then he wakes up it was a dream (laughs) 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 lame you i hate that so much yeah uh but yeah don't don't north us oliver parker (laughs) okay well we're gonna do a new segment from Mm. now on um the segment is called the one better thing the one better thing. And mm. um, we are going to recommend some films to you that rem- that this film kind of reminded us of, which we feel might be a better watch for you. Hopefully, you'll have been motivated to maybe check out the um, Dorian Gray 2009 and uh, see what the fuss is about. But um, yeah, just in case you don't and you yeah. want to see something similar, um, let's discuss some better films. Good man. Yeah. Um, I think a perfectly good gothic horror Mm. Uh, movie of recent years was The Woman in Black. Absolutely. There was a horribly oppressive experience in the yeah. cinema. Um, also, on that note, if you get a chance to pick out the um, uh, um, Herbert Wise original movie made for ITV television, 
Um, mm. that packs a few creepy moments in it as well, including one of the most effective jump scares I've seen in a film in, um, mm. very long time. But yeah, the, the remake, um, the Hammer Horror remake was brilliant with Daniel Radcliffe and Kieran Hines. Yeah. So it was really good fun. Visually speaking, uh, I mean, this really reminded me of Stoker. It's a decent film with some mm. compelling performances and, and visually just gorgeous. Visually stunning to a fault. I mean, every yeah. single scene looks spectacular. Yeah. If you want to go for the bawdy Victorian hedonism thing, uh, the adaptation of Michael Faber's The Crimson Petal and the White, mm. starring Chris O'Dowd as Packham or oh. Rackham, uh, was great. Is uh, is very is very funny and it was uh, filthy as fuck. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, where well, I like him. Yes. On my side of things, if you'd like a truly beautiful expression of gothic aesthetics, um, you'd best watch Guillermo del Toro's Crimson Peak. Uh, if you'd like an atmospheric and genuinely well-made gothic story about lust and murder, then please check out William, Old- William Oldroyd's Lady Macbeth whilst it's still in theatres. Um, but finally, if you'd like all of those things and much, much more, I have to recommend Penny Dreadful, uh, the TV show that has recently finished. Um, it's a show featuring a number of gothic literature characters all inhabiting the late Victorian London together, including Dorian Gray and Greg Kinnear's Frankenstein's Monster, which is really special. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, huh. The series ran for three seasons and succeeded admirably in sort of breathing new life into these characters. And the homoeroticism emerges in some surprising and completely delightful ways. There's a moment in the first season that I cannot fucking overstress how great it is oh wow um josh hartnett's really good in it um ava green is extraordinary in the lead role and timothy dalton gives good mustache Ooh, yeah. i do like a bit of dalton bit of dalton and a very disturbing dorian gray from reeve carney i i highly recommend you check it out if you're at all fond of sort of the um victorian gothic novels well, that's great um i do have one problem with that it is a tv program and i don't have the time pool oh. i'm too i'm too busy it's only three seasons doing giving cutting-edge film opinions. <laughs> and the people and the people listening haven't got time either. They're sitting here listening to this. No. God, if only we'd spoke for less time. You uh, might have had time to check out Penny Dreadful. Thank you very much to to Jen for uh, for the recommendation. Yeah. Um, hope we convinced you that it's not completely worthless. <laughs> um, and stay tuned next week for yet another recommendation. Fuck yeah, we've got a whole month for these bitches. Oh yeah, and they are a turgid bunch <laughs> so in the meantime we are on facebook we are on twitter you cannot get us off of it yeah we are slaves to it mm. always always with the links yeah always linking it up um goat see this goat see that <laughs> <laughs> it's basically it's a goat see appreciation page now um it did start off with good intentions but um it's deformed very yeah. much like dorian gray's picture the importance of being earnest is uh been lost right. in uh <laughs> In a sea of gaping. Uh, only so, we had an ideal husband to sort uh, things out. I don't to, know what's going on. Uh, we've got an email address, ogtpod at gmail.com. That is free to use. It's 100% free to use, that email address. If you want to send an email, you, the, no bills. Nope. You don't have to make eye contact with a weird guy at the post office. Nope. Every, every one of our emails um, has been stamped, uh, stamped addressed already. So mm. you just need to type it into your email client, hit send, it knows what to do. Yeah. Um. It will. Do not worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Don't worry about it, guys. No. It's been amazing yeah. to to hear hear back from you. If you if you haven't subscribed already, then uh, do us a solid and subscribe. Good thing is, if you subscribe, the second um 
that the ep- new episode is released, it will go straight to your um, device. Yep, it'll start um, playing on that device. Yeah, wherever with you are. or without your consent, out loud, even yeah. if it's uh, got its headphones in. Which is the true art form. Yeah. Just a, a quick star rating, quick one-line review. Yep. That We'd would... do it for you if we could review our listeners. Yeah. We'd give um, you all four out of five. We hold that extra back. <laughs> yeah. Almost, almost we there, guys. We hold it back because you just, you'd need to impress us. Yeah. You give us everything we want, great. But we need something a bit more. Yeah. Get that Make us star. think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you're already, already killing it. Everyone just, oh, um, no. that one extra bit, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, it remains, it remains a hell of a lot of fun. And, fuck yeah. We'll be back. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Dorian Gray 2009 is the sheer range of expression and human experience that is articulated through Colin First Hair on a Windy Day. <laughs>